Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, theorist. So this week, we're going to be doing a continuation of a series we last touched on in 2019. So it's been a couple of years. Uh, there's been a lot of Commanders released since then. So there, there should be a lot of new content. And if you all like this episode, please let us know, and we'll do more in the future. But the topic we're going to be covering today is budget commanders. So these are commanders that naturally want a lot of cards that just happen to be not super in demand or low rarity or for whatever reason, they don't tend to run a lot of staples. And for that reason, it's a lot easier to build these decks cheaply than many other commanders in the format. Before we we jump in with this this new crop of budget commanders, uh, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so in this episode, we're only going to be covering monocolored options. Uh, monocolored commanders are a little bit easier to make budget because they don't have to worry about fixing or, or good mana bases. But in the next couple episodes, assuming you all like this content, uh, we'll probably be touching on some multicolor commanders then. But our first commander we're going to be talking about today is Teshar, Ancestor's Apostle. Uh, so this is a list we've, or this is a commander we've talked a lot about over the years. Um, but it's also one that happens to be pretty budget friendly. So what what types of cards uh, does this deck want to run that that typically don't see a lot of demand in commander? Yeah. So I mean, one of the reasons that we're bringing up Teshar today is just that it. Uh requires a class of cards that are not expensive at all right so mm. these are cheap little mana guys <laughs> like cheap little artifact creatures cheap little uh white creatures that deal with artifacts most of which are not very expensive in and of themselves um that way you can take teshar and create these loops for casting perhaps a free historic spell, getting back uh, a CMC3 or less creature from your graveyard, and then making a loop happen again. So, um, and, Which reminds me, just to get it out of the way, um, we've talked about Teshar a lot, but Teshar Ancestor's Apostle is a 2-2 flying bird cleric for 4 mana, 3 and a white. It has whenever you cast a historic spell, return target creature with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. And historic, as a reminder, is an artifact, a legendary, or a saga spell. So decent amount of options here, but really what we're looking at are cheap artifact creatures as means of creating like these loops and uh, having... Uh, you cast a creature, get a creature back, sacking something to cast something to get something back to cast something, and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, this deck is pretty funny, uh, much like Nick said, because it doesn't really want the same kind of cards that other staple mono white decks want. Um, I don't know, is there any like particular card that is kind of emblematic of this for you? I think just like maybe priest of ancient lore yeah. or perhaps <laughs> ingenious smith, uh, just these little crappy creatures that you know draw a card when they enter the battlefield or when they die. Um, it's it's pretty easy to set up loops so that you're recurring the same creatures over and over. And those little value guys, you know, they're they're of course like just a handful of cents, but they really help you dig either for better combo pieces or for a win condition. Um, so they're they're pretty important in this list. Uh, other cards that are, are fairly essential or emblematic are things like Fanatical Devotion, uh, which is two and a white for an enchantment, sacrifice a creature, regenerate target creature, or Martyr's Cause, which is two and a white for an enchantment, it sacrifice a creature, prevent all damage to a creature or player from one source. They're so much of what this deck uh, does is about like the creatures you're recurring. So it doesn't really matter as much what your sacrifice outlets are providing. Um, so you can run these, these, these sack outlets that don't really do anything 
and then like I guess spawning pit would be included in that, yeah. in that grouping. <laughs> um because really what you're trying to do is just make the things enter the battlefield over and over and over. Yeah. And and you do have to be a little bit clever with Teshar because he puts them back onto the battlefield. So you have to find some way to like loop efficiently which is it, that's just the puzzle you're trying to solve right so mm-hmm. like eventually you can get something like a workshop assistant in a loop with an astronaut's altar and like i don't know like a ornithopter or some phyrexian walker you know some zero mana artifact so you're mana positive through the whole thing and there's enough zero mana guys that um it it works out pretty well you don't really need a lot of the uh now staple white cards to try and like uh push through value and stuff i guess because you have enough redundancy that as long as you're just playing the game casting some dorks to chump block for a while uh you you still get your like normal staple effects in uh in white like your uh exile effects with like path and swords or whatever you still get some mana rocks and and other cards like uh expedition map and like the uh oh god what's the why can't i think of the name of it soul ring all that that kind of stuff like you're playing with really normal cards but instead of trying to land like a smothering tithe and just kind of grind out value somehow you just are trying to get your really crappy one drops and your scrapyard recombiners and your restoration specialists and go off that way and like ranger of eos is like incredible on this list and like that card is like not expensive at all (laughs) so um that that's a great sign for this kind of commander when like uh, a really cool card that's been reprinted like a million times is one of the best cards in the deck. Yeah. Uh, so let's sort of pivot to uh, maybe the, the higher end cards in this list or maybe the ways you'd add money to the deck. Um, because this is a deck all about the graveyard and, and getting things in and out of it, the, the sack outlets really are essential. And so if you can possibly add a little bit more money for, for a couple of cards, Altar of Dementia is going to serve you really well. Ashnod's Altar is going to serve you well. Blasting Station. Um, all these, and, and you know, even uh, north of that is Clark Clan Ironworks. So all of these cards range from between 10-ish to uh, 15-ish to 25-ish in the case of Clark Clan Ironworks. Um, but they are all really important cards for the deck. Similarly, Skull Clamp is just a, a really powerful draw engine in a deck that's trying to force its creatures into the graveyard over and over. Uh, but really, those are, I would say, the best use of additional funds for upgrading this deck. Yeah, and and I want to stay away because it would obviously like one of the best things we could say for all these lists is mana. So like I want to if we're going to hone in on stuff, I think that's the best way to do it is to talk about like like what particular cards go really well here. And like, yeah, you don't need a smothering tithe uh, but obviously it will make the deck better you'll explode out like maybe one turn faster or something like that you don't Um, need like a mana crypt but you know any artifact mana that like helps you get your commander down early and also happens to trigger your commander is gonna make the deck run a lot more smoothly yeah and i actually would it's getting i think it's getting up there in price let me double check it but um like teferi's protection is always good but it actually doesn't let you keep comboing like you could so i want to check out angel's grace that might be a better card if you're like worried about insta death and stuff Mm -hmm. like that because the world is terrible nope it's two bucks so i think that is a fun thing too like teferi's protection yeah it saves you and your board and all that kind of stuff but it also stops you if you're in the middle of going off or angel's grace just you don't care anymore (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. you you can't lose this turn i'm gonna keep doing my thing so that that also is something funny about this list is that uh it's kind of rejecting some staples uh and i love that for it all right uh moving on to blue uh we've got one commander we're going to spend a little bit more time on and then one sort of honorable mention um so 
the the first blue commander we're going to be talking about is Orvar the Allform. And for those who aren't familiar with it, Orvar is three and a blue for a 3-3 legendary creature shapeshifter. It has changeling. And whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, if it targets one or more other permanents you control, create a token that's a copy of one of those permanents. And then uh, when a spell or ability an opponent controls causes you to discard this card, create a token that's a copy of target permanent. So that, that last ability is kind of trinket text. But, you know, if, if any of you are familiar with the Orvar deck, it's a lot of cards that allow you to target your own lands or creatures very cheaply. And so it's an interesting blue ramp commander. Like when you have him on the battlefield, you can then say trait doctoring your island and get a, a token island as well. And then there's some combo potential. If you happen to be copying, say, a uh, like an Arc Kaomancer type creature, you get to. It's a really good outlet for mana. You get to just return the thing that targeted your Archaeomancer back to your hand. And there's a lot of different types of these effects. And then you can assemble combos when you have like an Archaeomancer. And and maybe if you want to add a little bit more money to the deck, if you have a time warp type effect. Uh, it's it's not that hard to to set up infinite terms with this kind of list. As long as you have a time warp that doesn't exile itself, there there's... Only a few of them, but there you have some options. Like you get a little bit of uh, leeway, so you don't need to explicitly have like time warp and temporal manipulation. You know, you could have a walk the aeons. You could have, uh, I guess, notorious throng as long as you're casting it for the prow cost and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all of which are budget cards. All of which do the thing and let you just kind of go off. And and this deck is a great example of like getting the staples like that. Just having the ability to swap them between decks is gonna just enable you to build more decks in the future. Um, you could just buff up your Orvar over time, and it's kind of worth it when the rest of your cards are worth like twenty cents to spend the one like big chunk on a card that costs twenty five bucks. So we we kind of um, mentioned it a little bit in Teshar that deck just needs the sack outlets that are really expensive. This deck kind of just needs. Just some spells that are really expensive. And some of them are, it's kind of like stupid that they're expensive. Um, in particular, one of the spells that you can use pretty all right in this list is uh, Whims of Volrath. Um, and it it's just a one mana blue instant, but it has buyback two and it just targets a permanent. It like changes a color word on a card. Mm-hmm. But it, the card doesn't have to have a color word and you can just target it over and over again. and. That card is now really expensive, but the thing about it is, like we said, like you don't need to run Whims of Volrath. There's so many cards in this list that you can target stuff with to make it work out for you. So if if you're looking at the list and you're thinking, hmm, man, I, I need to cut a few more dollars off of this, like that's one of the cases where there's so much redundancy that like you're not gonna notice it in most games if you cut that card. Yeah, between Twiddle, Thought Lace, Sleight of Mind, uh, Prismatic Lace, there's just so, so many ways to do the exact same thing. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> uh, even things like Clock Spinning, say, uh, yeah. is only one more mana, and it replicates most of what Wilma Frolrath does. There's a lot of options out there. Don't don't feel like you're forced to buy this card that's, that's $23 uh, for when it only goes into one deck. Yeah, exactly. Um, which also kind of gets us to like ways to upgrade this. Like, if you wanted to play Orvar and you wanted to, uh, like upgrade this list. I, I mean, something I would think to put in would be maybe like one of the like the um medallion, perhaps for like cutting down on the buyback spell costs and stuff like that. But I don't. What else would you want to put into this list? Um, I, I think that like as you add more dollars to the deck, maybe getting some of the more expensive um, time warp effects, like perhaps, you know, if you're running a really budget list, you'd only be running Notorious Throng and Walk the Eons. But maybe if you, you know, find $10 or so in your couch cushions, you can get a time warp. Or my, maybe if you find a 20 in your new pair of jeans, then you can get a temporal manipulation. Uh those will just just adding more redundancy is just going to make it so you're able to pull your combos off more easily. 
and it is a little bit challenging to win the game with this deck if you aren't comboing off. Um, it's really, really good at ramping. Uh, it's good at getting a lot of value or like making a lot of blockers with these Archaeomancer and like creature targeting spells. Um, but winning the game is a little tough, and, yeah. and so those those effects make it simpler to do that. Yeah, I think if I was going to add just a little bit more money into this, I would put in something like a Poppet Stitcher. Um, just because like it can make... Uh, this deck is making a few other tokens, and it, it like gives you a little bit of fuel, and it kind of goes off the rails if you're copying it with Orvar. Like, you don't even need a Poppet Stitcher necessarily. Uh, that's just the most expensive virgin virgin (laughs) (laughs) that is just the most expensive version of that kind of effect but like yeah i actually think it's kind of hard to add a lot of money to this list because like you said it's it's really just in those staples in this this, i guess you could put in a mana drain (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's kind of again you don't don't need any of that for this so yeah this is definitely cool list but we have another blue list that we're gonna kind of graze over um that was not as much of a pun as i thought it would be so um the, can i read off the the next blue commander real quick sure go for it so this is grazalax elithid scholar and this is one of the legendary creatures from the forgotten realm set it is a three two horror for three mana one blue blue it says whenever a creature you control becomes blocked you may return it to its owner's hand and whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player draw a card so not quite as gruesome and over the top as like an edric by master of trust which is draw a card for each creature that hits your opponents but certainly a lot of overlap between the lists exactly and this being mono blue means you're also like taking a little bit of power level hit but you're still maybe drawing three cards a turn it's going to do a lot of the same things and in this regard you don't actually need a lot of the like time warps that don't exile themselves you just kind of need time warps like period (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but this deck is gonna look a lot like edric uh, for the most part it's gonna be a lot of flying men and uh, artificers assistants which are just one one birds for a blue (laughs) and cloud sprites and cloudfin raptors and fairy seers and etc 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 all the way down Um, yeah i think that this deck it's very easy to make a a strong version of it that you know gets off the ground quickly and like you know keeps up protection throughout the game and and that plays lots of time warps i think you could make a deck like this for a hundred dollars easy like without really trying and of course yeah. it's, it's not that hard to get it even further below that if you're willing to make some cuts in the, the time warp effects and that kind of thing yeah i think if you want to like r- even more budgetize this deck you could cut some of the time warps and put in like a reconnaissance mission or something like that, you know, like like ways to find the time warp with your little guys, like some redundancy with your commander. Um, and if you want to buff the price, you want to add some some oomph to it, you would put in a lot more of those staples. Pretty simple, definitely a game plan that we've seen before, but it's kind of nice that like Grazalex kind of saves your flying men. Like if you see someone has like a 5-5 five, five dragon blocker you can just send your like cloud of fairies and your hope of gear over there and then like whichever one of them they block you put back in your hand Mm -hmm. to cast again and get in for your card so that's that's really nice um i've had a lot of fun playing grazalex online um i don't really have that many decks that grazalex is good in so i've been like looking because like i got one of those funny stamp promos somehow and i've been Mm -hmm. like what am i gonna put you in but I do really like this card. Um, I love Mind Flayers in general, and uh, I think he would serve you pretty well, especially if you're like making a deck for a new player. This deck is just like the game plan is so simple. It's really powerful and it's really cheap. So, yep, very highly recommended. Definitely. All right, I think we can move on to the next commander. Uh, so this is going to be. Our first black commander, it is Shirei Shizo's Caretaker. And we've talked plenty about this this commander in the past, but I uh, just want to, we didn't mention it on our previous budget episode, so I really want to reiterate that it is a uh, a strong budget option. It's 
four and a black for a two two legendary creature spirit whenever a creature with power one or less is put into your graveyard from the battlefield you may return that card to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step if shirei shizo's caretaker is still on the battlefield so it's essentially a lifeline for your little weenies and it there's just so many uh cheap etb creatures in black that that fit this power requirement and which uh don't really command much of a price tag like elvish doomsayer is coming in at a, a whopping one cent yeah <laughs> on tcg player elder fang disciple is 10 cents legion dusk legion zealot is you know 29 cents it's it's very very easy to fill out this deck with pretty cheap creatures and, and get a lot of bang for your buck yeah, and I, I want to kind of reiterate some of the other things that are really cool about this list. So cheap creatures with a lot of bang for your buck, like a Grim Haru Specs, like if you're not getting the promo one, is about $2. A um, Midnight Reaper will run you up $0.90. Cents. Um, a Morbid Opportunist is a buck fifty. A lot of these really strong card draw engines are very, very cheap, which is great for a budget player. Um, we have things like a pawn of Ulamog to get more out of your sack triggers. Um, oh, what's the other one? Blightmound. That's the new one from um, the Strixhaven Commander deck. So whenever yes. one of your creatures dies, you get a pest. There's a lot of things like that so that you can get even more sack triggers, even more jump blockers, even more guys on board just to torment your uh, your opponents and, and really ruin their days. And I want, I want to highlight something else here because at this point, um, you may have noticed like, one of the ways in which your commander deck can be cheaper is if they're not doing something generic. So uh, all of these commanders that we've talked about are themselves engines. And I think Shire is the, like, I mean, Teshar definitely is a huge example of this, but Shire, like, bringing back your little guys, that gives you such a, like, niche direction to build into and uh, really rewards you for that, which is really cool that this was a, pre-commander design commander <laughs> you know like mm -hmm. like there's not a lot of um staples that you need for this plan to work uh and the staples that you do need are like big game hunter you know like like effects that slot really well into it a blood artist which is actually getting up there in price now it's like five six bucks which is kind of stupid but a lot of I mean, these cards are people still... love their aristocrats yeah yeah exactly a lot of these cards are just um Aristocrat staples like your Zulaport cutthroats that uh, you can just pick up cheap anyway. They've been reprinted a bunch of times. Yeah, it's really easy to get the the shell of this deck and then just um, you know swap out the commander over time. Like Ayara's running a lot of these same cards. It's pretty easy to like once you have the mono black sack guys shell. There's a just so much you can do with those cards. Yeah. And speaking of that, like ways to buff this deck, it'd probably be combo pieces. It'd probably be like sack outlets. Um, it, it's just kind of upsetting that a lot of the sack outlets are getting so expensive. And Ashnod's altar is is like sixteen bucks now, <laughs> which is absolutely buck wild. A Phyrexian altar is pushing a hundred bucks now, like just absolutely terrible. But um, that that's like a place I would push to get some money into the deck if I wanted to really like up the ante buff the the cost but you don't need those things specifically like a viscera seer can sack creatures just as well as a phyrexian altar and yeah it might not be as explosive or as powerful it dies to removal but that's what she is for right like just yeah. getting back these guys i'd also encourage some investment if, if you're going to be adding more money to deck uh investment in some of the more expensive death trigger cards like for example mm -hmm. grave pact uh is pushing $30 now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dictative Erebos is like 14 to 15. The Pitiless Plunderer is $13. So those three cards really make it easy to control your opponent's boards and sort of like lubricate the value engine you got going on. All of them are, are worth considering as you add more money to the deck. Uh, and, and then definitely, as you said, some, some of the better sack outlets are, are creeping up in price over time. So your your attrition, your altar of dementia, they're good investments as you um add money to the deck. Yeah. And and you can always like let's say you can't afford Grave Pact. Well like Butcher Malakir does most of that. And yeah, it's not as good as seven mana, but like it's still 
still can wreck a board. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's other things that you could drop a little bit of money into that aren't quite as expensive, but there's also stuff just like Woe Strider that's like a budget sack outlet with like escape so you can cast it from your graveyard and doesn't <laughs> i'm not gonna read it because it, uh, it doesn't really matter it just has a free sack <laughs> trigger on it so mm-hmm. um there's, there's a lot of cards like that so there, there's a bunch of different ways and things you can slot in if you really need budget options because uh, actually looking at more of the sack outlets that exist i was going to mention yeheni undying partisan but even that is like 10 11 bucks now um oh, which is it's pretty crazy so um yeah this is a good way to get in on the ground floor of your aristocrat strategy to get some loops going to see what mono black is really capable of because like you don't you don't need a lot of those staples you just need just need enough and the ones you need uh don't need to be 15 plus dollars necessarily so yeah love shire also shire is like 25 cents now because it's been reprinted a few times which is great so do we want to move into our red decks? Yes. Uh, so tell me what red commander we're going to be covering first. Yeah, so this is Rionia Fire Dancer. And I, this is one of my favorite commanders from the Strixhaven uh, commander decks. So Rionia Fire Dancer is a 3-4 human wizard for 5 mana, 3 red red. It says, at the beginning of combat on your turn, create X tokens that are copies of another target creature you control where X is 1 plus the number of instant and sorcery spells you've cast this turn. They gain haste, exile them at the beginning of the next end step. So you have Rionia, you do some stuff, you get a bunch of guys, uh, and then they go away at the end of the turn. So this list you can make really budget. There's a lot of ways to make this deck incredibly budget, and there's a lot of ways to get just a massive amount of value out of copying guys <laughs> and uh part of that is just because there's a lot of red creatures that do a lot of work in multiples so what i'm thinking here is like your chancellor of the forges that have just a brutal etb trigger which are like when chancellor of the forge enters the battlefield put x one one red goblin creature tokens with haste onto the battlefield where x is the number of creatures you control so if you're getting like even two or three of these, like your board is going to explode. Um, oh, I'm yeah. Think, you, you know what I mean? You're just doubling your board presence multiple times. Mm-hmm. Just like absolutely insane. Even things like Palamud, uh, which is like a funny Tempest creature. It's a three mana star three and its power is equal to the number of tapped lands target opponent controls. Well, eventually they're not going to have that many chump blockers and you're going to be able to hit them with like a like a 7-3 or a 13-3 or you're going to hit the ramp player for like a 23 and that's going to get in there. There's stuff like Terra Ravenger where when it attacks it gets plus X plus O until end of turn where X is the number of lands defending player controls. So you can kind of see there's a lot of these cheap options like this that really get through and and deal a bunch of damage. And that's even not looking at things like... uh ravenous baboons that destroys a non-basic land when it enters or a scourge of alcus where if you get like three plus scourge of alcuses you're dealing massive amounts of damage so definitely like a lot of cool red creatures that you can copy on top of like other stuff that i'll get into after that but yeah do you want to highlight any of the that maybe the spells that you're casting or any other cool things about this list well, I really want to highlight the combo potential of Rionia, and and several mm-hmm. of the the combo pieces uh, are themselves really really affordable. Like Godo Bandit Warlord goes infinite with Rionia. Uh, you just keep copying Godo, and then the new Godo has haste and uh, gives you an extra combat step when it attacks. And you know Godo is less than three dollars these days. Uh, similarly, Port Razor from Commander Legends. Yeah. Uh, Port Razor is, you know, it's less than five dollars. It's it's a little bit more, but uh, it will also go infinite with Rionia. And uh, you know, if you're willing to invest a little bit more money into the deck, perhaps you get a Combat Celebrant, which is pushing thirteen dollars these days. But it's another card that goes infi with Rionia. So there's, in addition to just like getting value and you know, uh, controlling the board or whatever, there is the there are these uh, you know, oops, I win buttons that can can just pull a victory out of nowhere and I really like that potential in this deck. So something else that's really cool about this list is that like it it turns a lot of these 
like generic value, like exile the top card cards that we've been getting in red for the last like few years into like powerhouses kind of. And it also takes a lot of the like red instant or sorcery one mana draw card cards into powerhouses too. Because you can go like Ancestral Anger, which is target creature gets trample and X plus O, where X is the number of Ancestral Angers in your graveyard, draw a card, and you go, okay, well, Rionia's here, Ancestral Anger, and then you go, okay, well, Ryle, I'll target Rionia, deal one damage to it, Rionia has trample, draw a card, and then you go, okay, well, now I'll Renegade Tactics, this creature can't block this turn, draw a card, and then you'll go, okay, well, now I'm going to Twin Flame this Malignus, and then uh, you enter combat, and all of a sudden... There's like, what was that? Five malignances <laughs> and someone's dead, you know, like it, it really doesn't take that much. And you kind of feel like you have action the entire time because so many of the cards in your deck are either card advantage or are keeping the card flow moving with things like uh, reckless impulse is the kind of thing, too, that like can can really pull this deck forward really make you feel like you're still in the game still doing stuff and then kind of like nick said oops i win if you wanted to add money to this what would you do i think that they're oh let's see um it's it's hard honestly yeah it's it's not that easy i think there are a couple value creatures I, i left off this list um you know if you really have a lot of money burning a hole in your pocket you can pick yourself a a up a goblin settler that's a fun one to copy. Um, you can pick up, uh, I'd say like mana rocks would help a lot. Like Rionia does cost five mana and yeah. she needs to be on the board before your deck really does its thing. That would be a big help. Mm. I, I would say like, like a dock side. I know that's like pretty cliche, oh, yeah. but like dock side would be an excellent creature to copy for sure. Yeah. Dock side is there. That's one that I would do. I'd say like a Jessica's will is the kind of thing that like, I hope you picked them up when they were cheap because they're like 24 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely insane. Um, and then I think there's a way to like in cheapen the deck also because like something you can do with this list is um, you can cast like threaten effects. So like you can you we actually had oh man. Yell at me when this episode comes out. I think it was DNA, but it could have been someone else in our Discord made a list that was uh, Rionia with a bunch of threatens uh, because the threatens will make Rionia make more creatures, but then you're making copies of your opponent's creatures. That's a really easy way to make this deck really budget too because those cards are like 10 cents. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like they print one in literally every single limited set. So you have a bunch of options. That's a way to like and budgetize this list even further if if that's something that you're looking to do. So yeah, I guess that's Rionia. I don't really know if there's much more we want to say about it. Yeah, I, I think that's it. Um Rionia, definitely a, a great option for in the last year, and I think you could very easily build this deck for a hundred dollars or less. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um and this this next one is really near and dear to my heart. Um because it's two commanders from probably my two favorite commanders from Commander Legends <laughs> put together. <laughs> this is also a red deck. It's mono red. It's Dargo the Shipwrecker and Jessica Thrice Reborn. So Dargo the Shipwrecker is one of the uncommon partners. It's a 7-5 trample for 7 mana, 6 in a red. Uh, and says, as an additional cost to cast the spell, you may sacrifice any number of artifacts and or creatures the spell costs two generic less to cast for each permanent sacrifice this way and two generic less to cast for each other artifact or creature you sacrifice this turn. Basically, anytime you sacrifice things and then he gives you an opportunity when you cast him to sacrifice things, he costs two less. Jessica Thrice Reborn is a zero loyalty Planeswalker Jessica for three mana, two and a red. Jessica Thrice Reborn enters the battlefield with a loyalty counter on it for each time you've cast a commander from the command zone this game. So at bare minimum, it's one. Um, can be a lot more than that, too. They have two loyalty abilities. Zero, choose target creature until your next turn. If that creature would deal combat damage to one of your opponents, it deals triple that damage to that player instead. And minus X, Jessica deals X damage to up to three targets. 
and then Jessica can be your commander and it has partner. So uh, a lot of words, but basically, uh, what do you think you're doing with Jessica and Dargo? <laughs> uh, well, I think you're going to hit somebody for seven times three. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and so many of the cards in this deck that support that game plan are just incredibly, incredibly cheap. Oh, yeah. Um, like Dargo just wants a bunch of artifacts on the board to sacrifice. Uh, you can get away with running just like crappy eggs, just like one to two mana artifacts that draw a card when they enter the battlefield because they will replace themselves and, you know, kind of act as rituals for your commander. Uh, also, like the the type of cards that just help Dargo hit harder or better, like Unleash Fury, Teamer Battle Rage, <laughs> Raking Claws, Assault Strobe. All of these cards are are also incredibly cheap. And because they're just like limited fodder commons for the most part, it's so, so easy to set up a quick win with Dargo without breaking your budget. Yeah. And and that's the thing, like a uh, critical hit, like there's a bunch of these cards that you can play uh, that give like double strike or like double damage or increase power or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because um, they are printed in most sets and some are better than others, but that also means some are cheaper than others. So definitely a way to just noob tube somebody really hard. Like, like just Dargo in and of himself is one of my favorite commanders. I, I made a uh, Malcolm uh, and Dargo pirates list. And it's basically pirates from across magic, but also Dargo is just insane. <laughs> and um, turns out a 7-5 that you can cast all the time that his trample is pretty hard for people to deal with because you don't actually care if he dies. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and this deck really makes use of that too. So like, there's a lot of things in this deck that will just get Dargo down on turn like three most of the time, four guaranteed, sometimes turn two. Um, so like casting a dragon fodder on turn two means that on turn three is basically guaranteed to come down you have the three mana from your lands and then you have four mana from sacking both of the red goblins so that that is a lot and that means Krenko's command does the same thing uh, any of the cards that do that forbidden friendship but just make two tokens is one of them a servo schematic which is a two mana artifact that makes a servo when it enters or dies pretty much does the same thing a mask of immolation is an artifact equipment uh, it costs one and a red. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you create a 1-1 one, one red elemental creature token and then attach the mask to it. And it has some other text, but who cares? Because <laughs> you're just probably sacking it to cast Argo in turn three. So this deck is really consistent. It gets going really early. And it does it playing just regular stuff like Wily Goblins and Mog War Marshals that cost 20 cents. So... Definitely really powerful, uh, a great budget list. I think one of the most expensive cards in the deck is Jessica herself because she is about $4, $5, something like that. But that's that's not asking a lot. You don't really need that many staples for this deck to really take off, you know. So I guess in that regard, how would you add value to this deck? What would you put in this deck to make it make it stronger but maybe increase the the budget i guess a little bit this deck would really really like fast mana Mm-mm. you know something like a jeweled lotus moxes mana crypt all of those things really help power out dargo super early they maybe make you a little bit more consistent on getting that turn four noob tube somebody or yeah. even like turn three noob tube somebody yeah <laughs> um so i think those are a really good addition Depending on your meta, like maybe Dockside as well. Treasure production is just really, really strong in this deck because each treasure essentially adds three mana for Dargo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if you're just doing a budget build, it may be worth running some of the like crappier treasure production cards. Like what's the one from Modern Horizons 2 that just makes a treasure? Like Oh, uh, Revel in Riches or something like that. Oh, Strike It Rich. Yeah, there we go. Strike It Rich. Like that's essentially a dark ritual in this deck. So that's mm, probably not terrible probably not the worst to run that kind of card um mm-hmm. but yeah i'd say i think that mana rocks are probably the the best thing single thing you can add to the deck 
I was going to say there, there's some stuff you can put in that is dubious. Like you can put in and it's definitely going to increase the value of the list. But like it's the kind of stuff where like you don't really need it. So, I mean, one of the big ones is uh, like you said, like treasure, like strike it rich is a good way to put in a budget. But like Ragavan is a good way to put in a not mm-hmm. budget way to make treasure. Like fiery emancipation is like, let's say you get costed out of jessica or something like that like old hey who cares now he's dealing triple dargo's dealing triple damage no matter what but that card's going to run you up like uh, at time of recording a good 26 bucks which is <laughs> nothing to scoff at you know mm-hmm. um and then like there's like obvious if, things that what were deflecting you gonna say? swat yeah deflecting swat even like a gold span dragon which still is around 35 ish bucks like all these things will make your deck better, but you don't necessarily like need them to kind of execute on the core gameplay here. And I think all of that said, we could move into uh, we have one last monocolor deck list today. Do you want to do you want to get into that one? Sure. This, this, uh, this one's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a, another relatively recent commander. This is Yodora Grave Gardener coming in in the Strixhaven commander decks. Um, so Yodora Grave Gardener is four and a green for a five-five legendary creature, Treefolk Druid. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, you may return it to the battlefield face down under its owner's control. It's a forest land with no other types or abilities. So we we talked about this a bit uh, when we did our Strixhaven review with the uh, Wizard Staff fellas. Uh, there are a, a fair number of creatures that, well, I mean, there's a handful of creatures with morph that turn up for free or cheap. And so the way they interact with Eudora is, uh, you know, you have your teamer charger, it dies, it returns to the battlefield as a face down uh, forest land, and then you can reveal another green card to your from your hand and, and pay the teamer charger's morph cost, flip it face up, and it's a creature again. So if you happen to have a sacrifice outlet or some other way to get it into the graveyard, then you can just do that over and over and over. And you can, you know, say, tap your new forest every time it comes back face down uh, and generate infinite mana. Or you can, or if you happen to have something that triggers off of landfall, like, say, you know, every time a land enters a battlefield, you gain one life, then you get infinite life. So this is a combo deck. It is a fairly consistent one. Like there's just a, you know, there's a fair number of these morph cards. Uh, there's a lot of landfall triggers. There's a handful of sack outlets, um, but there's a bit of redundancy no matter what you're trying to do with the deck. Another thing that works really well is if you have a way to animate your forests and make them become creatures. Well, they aren't tokens, so an animated forest that dies is going to come back as a face down forest. So Nature's Revolt, Life and Limb, those kinds of cards are also really effective in this type of deck. So this is um, one of my favorite things to do in green, which is like animate my lands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am like such a slut for turning my lands into creatures and uh, apparently turning my creatures into lands, like you said. So having these morph creatures that um, die and turn into forests that I can then turn back into creatures, that um, just kind of hits a sweet spot in the like, the brain it's just hitting that like happy button in there somewhere and this deck is using a lot of really funny creatures because of that and and a lot of creatures that um end up being ramp which is really funny and really cool to me so what i mean by that is like you play your viridian zealot for uh two green for your two one elf warrior you sacrifice it for one and a green to destroy target artifact or enchantment and you just blew up something probably relevant maybe even just a soul ring and now you have a forest <laughs> you know like a, a lot of these cards do this thrashing brontodon does the same thing you play your thrashing brontodon you sack it to blow up something relevant and now you have a forest so a lot of these things even sakura tribe elder that gets you a forest becomes a forest so you end up with like just so much mana in this list uh which is great because then once you get to like this kind of critical mass of mana, you can just do the thing you're trying to do and go off, which is which is great. We love it. That's that's a good thing. It's also running really funny cards that like don't see a lot of play because like sometimes they're really bad. So like an ambush commander 
um, which is a very cheap elf. Um, it is a 2-2 two, two for 5 mana, 3 green green. And it says forests you control are 1-1 one, one green elf creatures that are still lands. And then you can pay 2 to sack an elf and target creature gets plus 3 plus 3 until in a turn. Doesn't really matter because it's another way to just make this loop happen with Eudora. So all in all, just like really cool building into this really interesting space. Uh, not necessarily requiring a ton of you know the the top cards uh in green but you definitely could use them is there anything um anything else you want to say about the list in particular uh i would just say that like some of the other decks we mentioned today the the sack outlets are kind of a linchpin so if you're able to add money to the deck then investing it in better sack outlets is probably the way to go. And I, I will note that because, you know, we mentioned uh we mentioned Teshar, we mentioned Shire, now we're talking about Eudora. Um really it's the the great thing is like if you buy, say, like an altar of dementia, an Ashnod's altar, uh a, a skull clamp, maybe, you know, one or two of these other uh colorless cards that just work so well with these strategies, you could probably very easily build all three of those decks like yeah. those, and just swap them between. So that's just sort of goes to show how investment in a couple of these crucial pieces uh, can really go a long way. Yeah. And, and I, I myself am very pro proxy and I know most people I play with and a lot of people we talk to, a lot of people in our discord are cool with like, I have one copy of like Cabal Coffers. Can I, just uh proxy it can i show it to you and use this proxy in this list and most people are okay with that i think this is like a perfect example of like a case in which you could probably do the same thing just show them like hey this astronaut's altar was 16 dollars, but my friend drew this really cool version of it can i play it in this deck and most people will say yeah that's totally cool because like why not like why not play with some cool art or have some kind of personalized form of your cool deck that you're playing um and again, like Nick said, a lot of these cards, like the, if you have these linchpins, you could build the rest of the deck for not much money. You might even be able to like, just get most of the cards donated from friends or like people at card shops that don't want their draft chaff. Mm -hmm. You know, like a lot of these cards are that level of um, desirable for most people, which is funny and cool and, and kind of silly. So one like, you know, quote unquote, sack outlet in the deck that I, I found really funny was teamer war shaman uh so yeah. <laughs> this is uh, this is four green green for a four five creature human shaman uh when it enters a battlefield you manifest the top card of your library and whenever a permanent you control is turned face up if it's a creature you may have it fight target creature you don't control so a lot of your your morph creatures that are free to turn up or cheap to turn up happen to be pretty fragile Teamer Charger is a 3-1. Proteus Machine is a 2-2. You know, Birch Lore Rangers is a 1-1. Branch Lab Lorian is a 4-1. So you can just have it, have them like fight your opponent's creatures, uh, die in the process, and then come back ready to fight your opponent's things again. So it won't provide infinite uh, because your opponents are eventually going to run out of creatures, but it will kill yeah. all of your opponent's creatures. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and that, you know, is nothing to sneeze at no that that is in fact very good um and kind of speaking on the very good front that's kind of actually what i was going to talk about is uh, adding value to this deck um and something that i would do if i had the budget for it would be kind of add in more ways to get cards or more ways to search up cards because you end up with so much mana that having cards becomes kind of the bottleneck so um if i could i'd put in like some tutors so like maybe a worldly tutor which is getting up there in price finale of devastation which is absolutely expensive right now mm -hmm. but if you have a ton of mana like you'll just win the game especially if you're comboing off with uh, like living lands or like you can finale of devastation to get the last piece you need and then all the rest of your guys get plus 12 plus 12 or some just heinous amount of power um yeah it's nice that finale of devastation is both a you know another copy of one of your combo pieces and also an outlet for your infinite mana 
Yeah, yeah. And and kind of in this a similar vein is Green Sun Zenith. Like it's a sorcery. You can use it a bunch of times because it's gonna get shuffled in. A lot of your creatures are gonna get recycled. It helps you find like your early game mana outlets, like your Lotus Cobras and whatnot, but uh later in the game it helps you find your win conditions. Um and it's an X spell with all that mana that you have, so that that's cool. Um but really like this deck is kind of bottlenecked by the the cards that you have so maybe like a zendikar resurgent to to just get a little bit more card flow as you're going through things and and birds of paradise something to help you get your commander down earlier really is like what i'm looking for in regards to that and and there's a lot of ways to do that on a budget and there's some ways to do that with you just have a bunch of money that maybe you got for christmas or something like that that you want to spend it on so um Turns out green just has a lot of good cards <laughs> for commander mm-hmm. in it, so it will, you, you're not going to be hard pressed to find ways to upgrade it. Yeah, uh, and I think that's that's all we have to say on the topic of Eudora, which means we're going to be closing out this episode. Uh, so please let us know if you enjoyed this content. If you'd like to see more uh, budget commanders highlighted in the future, I'm going to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Gustav, Ryan, Addison, Rick, Raphael, Kyle, Laser, Charlotte, The White Clays, Hannah, Andy, James, Logan, Roger, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jamie, Matthew, Jason, Kyle, Brandon, Kevin, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, John, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Charles, Daniel, Andrew, Jason, Paul, Johan, Jonathan, Christian, Jim, Emmanuel, Andrea, Vasilios, and Logan. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron, but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at commander theory on Twitter and Tumblr. And Zach is at fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln continental by entropy. And you can check them out on SoundCloud until next time. We're going back to the drawing board.